the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. The Mighty Mojo 5 Hello and welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I'm your host, Pat Oni, and uh, you might you might notice that I sound a wee bit different. I sound a little, maybe a little bit clearer, a little bit more crisp. Maybe maybe a little hotter, a little sexier. Now, ladies, I know you're thinking it. I know. I, I and I understand. If I heard me, I I might think I'm hot and sexy too through this microphone. I I really really might think that, but uh, I just gotta say, I'm happily married, and my wife is hot. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say on this subject. But uh, seriously though, I actually did. Uh, I got a new mic, and I've been so excited to uh, uh, give it its first. Uh, run here this week and uh uh just the, the sound is so much better than what my other mic was and i had gotten some feedback in the past that you know it sounded a little odd a little echoey and things like that and so i i've been looking for a mic for a while and uh finally got one over christmas and um actually i, I got one as a gift believe it or not and uh i i really do appreciate it and uh um it's uh it, it's just it's absolutely fantastic and so i've just been been absolutely uh, thrilled and and just looking forward to doing the show this week uh, with each and every one of you and it's more or less a new year new sound for me you know I, I know I said last week I don't believe in in New Year's resolutions because frankly you can change your life anytime you don't have to wait for a new year to make changes in your life but uh, you know. It's it's kind of to each their own, I suppose. It's it's I just I just don't personally believe in New Year's resolutions, but we do have a sponsor that does, and they are New Life Holistic. It's newlifeholistic.com. Um, and what they do is they work with um, bio and neurofeedback. Uh, and they they work with technology that's used by Mayo Clinic, the Department of Defense, the Navy SEALs, U.S. Olympics. And it's really what it's meant to do is help you uh, achieve optimal performance levels. You know, you might have noticed that, like, there's a lot of things in your life that you want to do, but you don't have the motivation for whatever reason to do it. And, you know, honestly, our own minds do sabotage us from time to time. They, they take all the motivation out. And it could be for any number of reasons. You could be suffering from, like, anxiety, PTSD, insomnia, depression, uh, headaches, migraines, mood swings, you know, low energy. I mean, really anything. And uh, th- this would be something that you would want to consider. So 
You can do this one of two ways. You can either go to newlifeholistic.com or call 1-88-4-BIOLIFE. That's 1-88-4-BIOLIFE. And when you make that call, you can mention Mojo Radio and you'll get $50 off your first session. So call, schedule your first free consultation, mention Mojo Radio, get $50 off your first session. And that's 1-88-4-BIOLIFE or go to newlifeholistic.com. All right. Uh, I guess we should uh, dive into some politics. And I, I just, this week, up is down, down is up, right is left, left is right. I never thought in my lifetime, no matter who was in office, that I would ever see a political party more or less side with an enemy of the United States, more or less side with a terrorist, because that's essentially what the left did this week. Now, we all know that, that tensions have been high with Iran for the last week, week and a half or so, and a large part of that was because they were planning an attack on our embassy in Iraq, uh, and Soleimani uh, happened to be there, and Soleimani was a uh, top general in, in the Iranian army and uh, one of Iran's top leaders who was consequently taken out in an airstrike by us. Well, naturally, Iran was not happy about that. And they threatened all sorts of hellfire and brimstone on the United States. And we're like, bring it. Do your worst. We don't care. Now, here's the thing. We could have done so much to Iran so long ago if we wanted to. Um, We could have glassed their entire country with nukes if we wanted to. Um, And I think Iran knows this. I think Iran knows that if they were to go on a one-on-one war with the United States, they got no chance. Unless they've got nukes in their back pocket, they got no chance. And I'm going to say something that some people may disagree with. I am not convinced to this day that Iran has nuclear capability, at least from a military standpoint. I think they're trying to get nuclear capabilities, but I don't think to this point that they actually have a nuclear option. And if they do, maybe they understand the theory of mutually assured destruction, where if they nuke us, we're going to just nuke them back, or or vice versa. And so they they don't want to go do that because maybe they're truly not madmen. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not inside the minds of the of the Ayatollah or even Suleimani in this case. Um, I I don't know what their intentions were. What I do know is that they wanted to stir up some trouble with us in Iraq. And I'm I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but where is Iraq in all of this? They're kind of caught between the crossfire between us and Iran. 
It's almost like they have to be that adult in the room that says, children, children, if you're going to fight, take this outside. In other words, if we're going to fight, at least go fight on somebody else's land, not Iraq, because Iraq, frankly, I mean, aside from being, you know, in the location that they're in, really has nothing to do with our relations with Iran. Um, I mean, there might be some influences there, but, but we have a totally different relationship with Iraq than we do with Iran. Um, and it's just not to say that we have a good relationship with them. It's just, it's, it's odd. It's, it's not, it's neither good nor bad. It's just, it's just kind of there. And Iraq, you know, like we, we took an airstrike out on an Iranian general on Iraqi soil. We then were, were on the receiving end of a missile attack by Iran also on Iraqi soil. And I'm just kind of sitting over here wondering, like, where's Iraq in all of this? Like, what what are they doing? I mean, you, you would think they would be a little bit more upset, at least especially with Iran, for actually launching missiles on their soil. And, and speaking of, of soil, um, what Trump did, I mean, just, just to clarify this whole thing, and I know... Many of you have heard this throughout the weeks um, of, of other people talking about this on the radio. I get it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily new. But from a political science standpoint, um, and, and, and just me just analyzing this whole situation, our embassy, by de facto, even though it is in Iraq, is... American soil. An attack on that embassy might as well be an attack somewhere here in the in, on con, on the continental United States. That's what that is. And to take it a step further, it might as well be an attack on the continental United States on an official government building. Like the Pentagon, for example, or the White House or the Capitol. I mean, we'll pick one. It might as well be an attack on one of those things. That is how, by de facto, that is how an embassy is looked at on foreign soil. Yes, it's on foreign soil, but that plot of land of where that embassy sits is ours. And what Suleimani was doing is an act of war. Now, what we did in return is we did an airstrike. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, it's an attack, of course, but I wouldn't call it like a, an act of war as many in Congress would have you believe, at least in the Democratic-controlled House. It wasn't an act of war. As Graham Allen actually put it earlier this week, it wasn't an act of war. It was just a nice shot. And it really was a nice shot. We weren't trying to take out Suleimani. We just happened to at the same time while trying to defend our soil in Iraq, defending our people in Iraq, our troops in Iraq. But the left wouldn't have you believe that. And that's, that's the shameful part here is that no matter what this president does, no matter what side he is on, whether it's the side of good or evil, right or wrong, 
no matter what he does, these Democrats will be on the opposite side, regardless of how they actually feel about it, too, I might add. Because in the the resolution that the House so promptly passed, uh, it was 224 votes to 194, eight Democrats actually voted against it. Three Republicans voted for it, and Independent Justin Amash also voted for it. Um, and basically all it is, it takes presence, the president's authority way to take action against Iran if he doesn't consult Congress within 30 days. Uh, he needs, he needs congressional approval. Now, I agree. Anytime a president is planning on going to war, he needs congressional approval. I agree that in non-emergency situations to take any kind of action like this, to be on the safe side, he should probably also get congressional approval. Um, there, there's some gray areas there. But why aren't we looking at this a little bit more personally? I mean, I, I always try to like, you know, even though I look at things from a very political science standpoint, I always try to look at it as, what if it were my house? What if someone were trying to destroy my house or, or rob my house? What would I do? Would I wait for the police to arrive? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, call the police. But what would I do? And maybe there's not even time to call the police. Maybe that has maybe that has to be an afterthought or, or an after-the-fact kind of action. Because if I wait and I make that call, I could be dead. I have to make that decision. And so I think the president did the right thing here. He was defending our home on foreign soil. He was defending our property, our, our people. Because if he didn't do that, if he didn't do it, we would have another Benghazi on our hands in Baghdad. And because the president took action, that is exactly why what happened in Baghdad won't turn into Benghazi. That is why we did what we did. Suleimani was planning to do so many things and potentially far worse things than just this. And then in retaliation, you know, Iran throws their little rockets up in the air and hits the dirt. And then listening to the left on this, it's almost like, though I didn't hear anyone come out and directly say it, it's almost like they were hoping that there were casualties. Well, I can guarantee you this. If there were casualties, then this would likely be escalating right now. But it's actually doing the exact opposite. It's not escalating. It's actually de-escalating. Iran did the little slap on the wrist and got their revenge, so to speak, on us killing Soleimani. And we showed strength. Because in situations like this, and and I've been looking at Trump's foreign policy, and at best his foreign policy, especially with our enemies, is unpredictable. That's actually a good thing. You want to be unpredictable. I mean, Iran's gotten away with a lot of crap over the years. They especially got away with a lot of crap under the Obama administration. And they're not getting away with it now. 
And while Trump could have taken action on probably so many different things a lot sooner than this, he showed strength. He showed them like, hey, you're actually going to mess with us. We're going to put you in your place. You come after us, we will kill you. That is essentially what Donald Trump just did. And as an American, I support that. Now, I get that a lot of people are afraid that that we were going to go to war. I said this last week, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think we're going to be in more of the same with Iran than anything. It's yeah, ten, like relations aren't good. They've never been good. They haven't they they haven't been good since probably even before President Carter. And President Carter really made things bad over there. But whether our relationship with Iran is deserved or not, they are still our enemy. And they should be treated as such. No, I'm not talking about the Iranian people. I'm just talking about the Iranian government. I'm sure there's a lot of good people over there. I actually saw a video earlier this week, and I, I didn't find it again, otherwise I would have played it, but there was a, um, uh, an Iranian um, journalist, I believe she was, and talking about Soleimani and how Soleimani isn't as well-loved in Iran as you might think. I mean, from what, from all reports, I mean, it sounds like there were a lot of fake tears at Soleimani's funeral. But Iran is a totalitarian government, uh, very authoritarian, very dictator. It has a dictate a dictatorship. <laughs> I can't speak anymore. But my point is, is that we we did a good thing. We stood up to one of our enemies. You don't just talk tough and then hand your enemy a bunch of money so that hopefully they leave you alone and you can say that you improved relations. That's that's not how this works. That's what Obama did. And Iran then walked all over us for it. They basically said, oh, we'll be good. We'll be good. Please just give us the money. And then we gave them the money. and like, oh, hey, we're going to build nukes. That's basically, I mean, Iran never held up their end of the bargain. Ever. We basically just gave our enemy a bunch of money to do the very thing that they promised they weren't going to do. And why should we ever trust them? Frankly, we shouldn't. That's the bottom line. And so President Trump, through his unpredictability, showed some strength. And again, I don't think Iran wants to go to war with us. Because if they go to war with us, I can pretty much guess that Israel is going to help us out. I don't think Iran has a ton of friends in the region that's going to be willing to send military to defend them over a dead general. I, I don't I don't see it happening. I, I don't think Iraq has the power to do it. I don't think people like Pakistan or China or Russia care enough about it to even do anything over it. It's it's it would basically be Iran versus the United States and maybe Israel. I don't think anybody else really gives a crap about Iran at this point. Could be wrong, but I'm not seeing anything otherwise. As long as it's not on their soil, why should they care? The only one that really should care in this case is Iraq. But Iraq doesn't really have any power to do anything at this point. So they're not gonna. And that's where we're at. 
And then you have people like Elon Omar, who were, uh, uh, who's been more or less anti-Semite and uh, has talked about uh, putting sanctions on Israel and boycotting Israel, but putting sanctions on Iran is wrong? That seems backwards. I mean, she says it's different, but she can't explain the difference. Well, I, I can explain the difference. One of which, Israel is our ally. We should be supporting them. Iran is our enemy, and we should not be giving them any support. That's why the sanctions are there in the first place, is because we can't trust them, and relations are not good, and we don't want to give them any kind of capability to be able to really do any damage to us. Now, that's kind of the whole point of this attack. It was to show force, or or to, or to show to have peace by strength, um, and it what it was. It was a deterrent to war. That's what this conflict was. It was never about going to war. Now, I agree, again, if we were going to war, the president should be asking Congress for a declaration of war. But instead, he was just defending what was rightfully ours already. It would be like someone coming here and attacking the United States. Do we really need to sit there and deliver about uh, and, and have a, have a debate about it in a committee? about what we're going to do to defend ourselves and to stand up against a bully? Because that's that's what Iran was. That's what Iran is. And if we don't carefully keep them in check, well, we're going to be right back to where we started. So, honestly, I commend the president for what he did. Um, things are de-escalating again. Um, and I, they're really, at this point is nothing to worry about. Now, in this whole thing, a Ukrainian plane got shot down, which Iran originally denied. But uh, they've come out and since admitted that, hey, oh yeah, it was us. We we accidentally shot that plane down. Um, so there's that too. But more importantly, what to take away from all of this, especially with the Democrats coming out against the president, is that this is all politics. Again, what is up is down, down is up, right is left, left is right. Everything is completely backwards. Uh, this this president could do the absolute best thing in the entire world and the Democrats would be against it. It could be the most right thing in the world and the Democrats would be against it. That's what this comes down to. And this comes down to 2020 implications. They have to make sure that this president looks as bad as possible for 2020 to give their candidates the best shot to beat them in the election. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here after a bit. But first, I need to tell you about American Pride Roasters. Okay, so I was listening to That's What She Said with Jen Torres earlier this week. And apparently she's a little jealous. A little jealous of, you know, other show hosts having their own flavors named after their shows on with 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 APR. And uh, frankly, I'm kind of with her because uh, even though I don't drink coffee, uh, you know, I, I would still love to have a coffee named after me and, and work with APR like that. Um, I, I've been open about that from the beginning. And for me, it's a faith-based thing. It's not nothing personal. Um, if you drink coffee, great. You know, it's 
Um, but uh, and I and I do want to support their business and stuff. And you know, I, I have family members that drink coffee and stuff, and um, they're actually uh, trying out the American Pride Roaster. So uh, definitely check it out. There's uh, Ron's Sexual Chocolate. There's Doc Thompson's Bacon Blast. But uh, with Jen Torres, I say we uh, get some tweets in. And uh, or, or just send me some messages because she's looking. She's actually working with APR right now um, to come up with a name for a flavor for her, um, whatever that is. <coughs> um, she's been toying around with different names and stuff. And I'm thinking something probably the funnier, the better in this case. Um, so so maybe maybe we can help her out a little bit. So you can tweet at me at the Pounding Show. Use the hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat. Uh, you can also find me over on the Facebook. Got my own Facebook page over there. You can find me over on Instagram and on the MeWe. Um, I am usually on uh, MeWe and all other social media channels. Very rarely am I not on there. The last few, last few times I haven't been able to due to some family stuff or traveling or whatever the case. But uh, I'm usually on there and uh, to be able to interact with each and every one of you and have some fun. Um, so anyway, use that hashtag stay with Mrs. Pat. I would love to get as many ideas as possible for Jen because I just, I think it would be funny. So let me know. Uh, you listen to the pounding show right here on the Mojo Five O, and I'll be right back right after this. Rusty, stop bouncing your knee. You're shaking the floor. What are you talking about, Leroy? I'm you know what makes saying. you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. If you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world. JDRF.org. Dr. Ken Brown here, host of Gut Check Project with my co-host, Eric Rieger. Eric, we've been seeing Mojo guys over there and over here at Spoonie talk about Atrantil for bloating. I've seen in my practice that Atrantil is a whole lot more than just a bloating product. Yes, it does a whole lot more than just fix bloating because of the polyphenols that you find in Atrantil. You're exactly right. The polyphenols are those molecules that we find in the Mediterranean diet. It makes vegetables and fruits very colorful. What are some of the things that these polyphenols do, Eric? These polyphenols can actually stop inflammation. They can help you have more energy. They can help you with anti-aging. And polyphenols are great for athletes. It sounds like it's going to help a whole lot more people than just bloating. Tell me how everybody should be taking Atrantil. If you want to dose Atrantil, it's two capsules three times a day, basically with your meals. But if you aren't bloated and you just want that polyphenol intake every day, two to three capsules a day will work for you. Go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Welcome back to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I'm your host, Pat Oni. You can find me over on the Twitter at the Pat Oni Show. Use the hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat. Uh, you can also find me over on the Facebook. Got my own Facebook page over there. It's just the Pat Oni Show. Uh, you can also find me over on Instagram, which is just uh, the Pat Oni Show as well. And you can find me over on the Me. We know I do try to be on because this is a, a this is a pre-recorded show. Um, I do try to be on all social media channels. 
um, to be able to interact with each and every one of you, answer any questions, talk about, uh, you know, the topics of the day and all that sort of fun stuff and just hang out like, and, and just have some fun and, um, make some jokes and have some laughs and just, it's, it's just fun. This is my favorite time of the week and, uh, uh, to be able to do this show and to be able to sit down and, uh, chat with each and every one of you. It's, it's something that I truly, truly look forward to. And I, um, am very thankful to all of you that tune in every week and that, that listen every week is, um, without you that the show wouldn't be happening. And, uh, uh, Mojo certainly wouldn't be around without, without you either. So, uh, we really do appreciate all of our listeners, um, and we really do, um, you know, just just value you and, and value all that you do, and, and uh, we hear what you have to say. So, and I I try to listen to you guys too, and, and uh, keep you guys in mind as I'm as I'm uh, doing the show, and uh, I just I really really do appreciate either. I hope you actually listen to um, some other shows um, that are here on the network. Um, I've been listening to a lot of that's what she said lately with Jen Torres, as I, um, talked about her briefly in the last, uh, top of the hour there. Um, and then I've also, uh, I listened to, um, Rance Vizzo, uh, Defenders with, uh, Stephen Airy and Dylan, uh, Lyles and, uh, you know, of course the Daily Mojo with Brad and, um, we, we just, just a lot of great shows here on the network and, uh, come up right after me, um, is, uh, Jason Gouffre. Uh, talks a lot about the Second Amendment, and then you've also got uh, uh, Critical Thinking with Andrew Coppins, and then The Hollow Net with Matt Holloway. And then, of course, you know, preceding me is the lovely ladies of the Bells of Liberty. So make sure that you tune in and check everybody out, because uh, uh, they could really use all of your support as well. And before I get into the Mrs. Pat recipe of the week... And yes, I do have a new recipe. Um, let me uh, tell you a little bit about Charity Magnets. Uh, Charity Magnets uh, and de- designs are, um, <clears throat> they produce beautiful, high-quality products for law enforcement supporters and enthusiasts. For a community, um, for community includes law enforcement professionals and their families, first responders, corrections officers, members of military uh, and private citizens um, that are decorated to honor uh, integrity and in helping others in times of need. Uh, your support is sincerely valued for the brave men and women in the law enforcement. And here at Mojo Five O, and, and with Izzo especially being a former police officer himself, um, we really do love. Um, supporting our first responders, military men and women. You know, Doc. Doc was a big fan of helping out veterans, and um, you know, and and here at Mojo Five O, we really do pride ourselves in, in in backing our first responders, especially police officers, firefighters, um, everybody. And uh, you know, the, these these limited edition honor badges go to them, and we we want them to to be able to see. So go go to charitymagnets.com and uh, check it out today. They, they are just, they're really, really cool. Um, I'm actually going to be getting one myself because these are, I, I like being able to support these kind of people, and uh, I, I hope you do too. So go to charitymagnets.com. Okay. Um, going back to, or actually, no, we got to get to the Mrs. Pat recipe of the week. I probably scared Virginia Jekyll just now, just just because she's she's sitting there waiting so patiently, waiting on that recipe, and 
I probably just scared her because I was about to go back and start talking about Iran. And I, I almost, almost forgot, but I didn't. Um, and so I will get to that recipe right now. Uh, okay, so this week's recipe, I don't know that we have an official name for it yet. It's something my wife has never made before until this week. Um, <clears throat> and if you like if you like fried rice, like, like chicken fried rice, you'll most definitely like this too. Um, and it's a little different. And, uh, and uh, the recipe will contain on, on how to make it and everything like that. But it's essentially garlic, Parmesan, chicken, and rice. So it's almost like fried rice, except it's the, the chicken is, you know, it's garlic Parmesan. Um, and so you have like the garlic and Parmesan seasonings in there. Uh, mixed in with the rice it's it's not fried um so so don't don't fry it i mean i guess you could um but in this case my wife did not fry it and of course it's got key or peas and carrots in there as well um and you can put any other vegetables in that you want it's really really good it's really simple to make um it's not something that's overly complicated um you just need some like minute rice some chicken garlic parmesan and some vegetables that's really it and it's actually really really good and it's actually good for you um so check it out um i'll be putting up the recipe on social media so you'll want to check that out and then um as far as past recipes go uh you'll want to be on the lookout for those two in fact um something that, that we've been toying around with here lately because um We've we've got some stuff going on in the background of our lives here, and uh, which I'll I'll be revealing at a later point, um, just just not yet, and uh, so we'll we'll be talking about that at a different point, and um, just because we we've got a lot of um, busy, well we have a busy schedule over the next little while, and so what we what we've talked about doing is doing some repeats of some other recipes, as I know some other listeners have joined in since we started doing the recipes. Um, so be on the lookout for those. I'll probably be putting those out on social media as well again, um, and putting those out again as well. And then I also may, uh, be repeating them here on the show. So be aware of that. Um, but I will be trying to keep up with new recipes as much as humanly as possible, possible going forward. Um, okay. Going back to this whole Iran thing and actually getting more into the presidential campaign trail because this is this is where it gets gets really entertaining. Um, Elizabeth Warren was speechifying somewhere in New Hampshire, and um, <laughs> she had a protester. And I'm going to play the audio because this is uh, this is this is really really good. Um, he basically came out and just started screaming at her, asking her why she supports terrorists during one of her rallies. And it's, it's absolutely interesting. Cause like I said, whatever Trump does, the Democrats seem to be in favor of the exact opposite. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Focahontas Warren was in the same boat in her defense though. This guy really does lose control. Um, it, when you when you are, especially when you're going to be protesting um, 
uh, as someone of the political uh, of the opposite political party. The idea really should be to do it with some class. And this is just my opinion, but do it with some class. Because if you can do that, and you, even though that you, you want to scream and yell at them, if you can keep your cool and you can make your point at the same time, you're going to look a lot more credible. And you're not, you're going to look a lot less like a crazy person. Because frankly, this dude kind of looks a wee bit crazy. Granted, Elizabeth Warren is also crazy. But she also manages to keep her cool to her credit. So um, play this audio because this is just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, If I can get it to load here. Maybe, maybe it's thinking about it. Elizabeth Warren's town hall here in Dover, New Hampshire, got off to a rocky start when a man stormed into the event and confronted the Democratic presidential candidate, calling her a fraud and accusing her of supporting Iran. Your side was ISIS. Your side was Iran. Why are you side with terrorists for? Why are you side with terrorists for? My grandfather died in World War II. You're a fraud. Disgusting. Free New Deal. deeply upset. It's all right. It's time for you to leave. He was escorted out of the building amid a warrant chant and the candidate recovered quickly, addressing recent military action against Iran and her campaign platform. I think getting into a shouting match with a man who is so clearly disturbed is not helpful to him and not helpful to anyone. But despite overflow attendance at the event, there are still many undecided voters in the region. I'm still looking her for her to calm down a little bit. Uh, I think she's an angry person as far as how she presents herself. <laughs> she just kind of... She, she, she's an angry person. Uh, that, that's probably my favorite line from some of these voters, that, that she seems... Elizabeth Warren seems like an angry person. And... I don't necessarily disagree with them. It's just it's just kind of funny to hear from someone that could be potentially voting for. But anyway. Just kind of fizzled out a little bit. The excitement about Warren just kind of fizzled out for me. Others said they were impressed by Warren's poise in the face of confrontation. I think that, that he was clearly disturbed approaching her in an ineffective way. And she was um, able to just be quiet and acknowledge that he was upset. I thought she handled it really well. I think she understood that there's a lot of people that are hurting in our country. Reported from Dover, New Hampshire on the campaign trail, Megan Adelini, the Boston Herald. So this is just one of those just funny stories, I guess, because over over the, uh, the last little while, I mean, Elizabeth Warren was doing well. Um, in the polls there for a little while. And uh, now that we're getting ready to head into Iowa, um, we're getting ready for the Iowa caucus. It, it, it looks like she's starting to fade. Um, and Bernie Sanders is starting to pick up some steam, which is odd. I, I, I never would have predicted that ever. Um, and it actually, Pete Buttigieg has actually um, gone up uh, in, in, in the polls as well. But Biden is still leading. So it's... It's looking more and more all the time that that Biden is is going to run away with this nomination, and that's that is still possible. But I didn't think that Biden was 
left enough for a lot of people. Um, and I, and I'm wondering, I'm really wondering why he's still doing as well as he is. I still don't think he walks away with a nomination at the end of the day. I mean, it's still very possible. It's still so early to tell who's actually going to win the nomination for the Democrats. Um, and I, and I still think Elizabeth Warren has a chance. She could pick some steam back up and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. The only polls you can truly trust are the ones that are on election day anyway. And so, um, but she's been fading in the polls. And as, as you heard, some of her voters were, the, the, the excitement for her has kind of fizzled out. Well, why is that? And I just, I just wonder part of it because she's, she says she has a plan, but she hasn't really divulged what that plan is. She has a lot of talking points, but she doesn't have any real solutions um, to any of the problems that, that her base is facing. Um, and she doesn't have any so she definitely doesn't have any solutions for any conservatives out there um, and, and and so it's it's coming more and more into question okay yeah you you, you talk a big game Focahontas Warren but uh, what, uh, what what are you actually going to do how are you going to do it and I think that's where a lot of the excitement is starting to truly uh, dwindle uh, for Elizabeth Warren and actually show more in favor of Bernie Sanders. Now, again, I don't understand it. Um, Bernie's raising money like crazy. Um, I, I thought for sure he would not be doing as well as he is right now um, from the last election. I think the reason why he got a lot of the votes last time is because he wasn't Hillary. I still stand by that, um, and especially since he had a heart attack a few months ago. I'm surprised he's doing as well as he's doing, um, and given his age and all that sort of fun stuff, too. Same thing with Biden. As creepy as he is, as old as he is, how is he doing as well as he's doing? I thought Kamala Harris would have done better. I thought uh, Elizabeth Warren would be doing far better right now. In fact, I kind of thought one of those two would be the runaway candidate um, in this um, in in this in this primary, um, but but neither one of neither one of them. I mean, Kamala Harris is out. Um, Elinda, Elizabeth Warren's polls are going down. So what what's really going on here? I think part of this, at least part of this, has to do with what's going on with all this impeachment stuff. Uh, and and Trump rising in the polls despite being impeached unofficially and despite what's been going on in Iran. Uh, so his polls are just going up. And from my understanding, even a lot of Democrats approvals, uh, at least, you know, average voters that, that, that consider themselves to be Democrats um, are even... Uh, showing more favoritism to um, the president um, since impeachment and since, and, and this is just me talking with um, friends and um, friends of friends and all that stuff to, to understand like what, what is their truly thinking? Now you won't get that from the mainstream media, of course, but uh, part of this and why are you starting to see some of those numbers truly dwindle is because they just they're, they're not as popular as you might actually have been originally led to believe uh, 
And because they're not as popular, I think that's part of the reason why we see Trump's ratings going up. Because there hasn't been a breakout candidate yet in this Democratic primary, and it's still really up for anybody. Now, we did have another candidate um, bite the dust earlier this week, so to speak, uh, Marianne Williamson. I really don't know that much about her. That's that's how much of an impact she actually made. I saw some ads and stuff for her, um, but, but she ran truly a weird and bizarre campaign and it's 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 over now i mean she um she she fired her staff and said that you know that her campaign is going to continue to go but she uh she she definitely uh decided to now formally bow out but she she never really had any traction to begin with not comparative to the others most people didn't really know her name so my my question is like what was what was she ultimately trying to accomplish? Was she too moderate? Was she like, what was she? I, I don't know. And so it was just kind of one of those odd, weird campaigns. Now, on the other hand, speaking of odd and weird campaigns, uh, if you haven't heard of him yet, Tom Steyer is actually surging in the state of South Carolina. And that's the reason why I say this is weird is because you've probably seen like the YouTube videos of how President Trump has committed, you know, so many impeachable offenses on a daily basis and all that, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you've probably maybe even seen some TV ads for him at this point. He's actually surging and he's actually in second place right now in South Carolina. Now, <coughs> there's nothing to be concerned there. Because A, South Carolina is not going to be a swing state per se in the primaries. So Tom Steyer maybe, maybe, maybe ekes out South Carolina, which I don't think he will. I think Biden will still walk away with South Carolina, no problem. Um, And if not him, it'll be somebody else. Um, It it will likely not be Tom Steyer. I would be very, very surprised um, if it is him. But uh, I don't. I don't see Tom Steyer winning any any states. I don't think that he has truly the backing that many of the other candidates do. Um, interestingly enough, though, I mean he is a businessman and I, he has made a fortune and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's why he is surging in the polls in some places like South Carolina, is because he's got ads out there. He's getting in front of people. People are starting to figure out who he is. And maybe that's why he's surging in the polls a little bit. But that doesn't mean just because you surge in the polls now doesn't mean you're going to win anything. Like I said before, the only poll that truly matters at the end of the day is the election results. I mean, 2016 was proof of that, hands down. Uh, We had... Everybody thought Hillary Clinton was going to walk away with that election and just maybe eke it out. All the polls showed that. All the polls showed that Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016, and Donald Trump walked away with it. No one expected that. But here we are. So that's why I say no polls are really truly trustworthy until after the election, because those are the only polls at all 
that matter. Um, now, granted, other polls should be giving us a good idea, but they don't always do that because they only pull so many people. They can only get us so much of a sample size, and sometimes that sample size is not accurate. And this is coming from somebody that has worked in polls and things like that before and working in different campaigns. They are not always accurate. The only accurate poll that you can truly trust is the election results. So, so there's that. So, um, now we're, now we're back into this whole impeachment thing. And, uh, from what I understand, Nancy Pelosi is finally, finally going to be passing the articles of impeachment to the Senate this week, um, or this, or this next week. And, and what's interesting about this is that, um, McConnell actually signed um, a resolution or a referendum requiring the articles to be delivered to the Senate within 25 days. I think that puts some pressure on Pelosi. Um, so, uh, because the, the Senate wants to get on with the trial, the Senate wants to get all of this done and over with. Um, and, and let's let's you know let's let's call call for what it is. The Senate has no intention of convicting this president. None. So keep in mind that this this is probably what's it's probably going to be very quick and it's probably going to um just be a a formality so to speak and um and that'll be that. However, I've been wondering about this and let me know what you guys think because I I think that this this is a uh, actually better for the country than not. Um, you know, Trump Trump clearly wants a trial. I think he wants to out some of these Democrats and um, and, and, and their corruption. Um, and even even if it's at his expense, I think he wants to to out some people. Um, and uh, especially like uh, Adam Schiff and Pelosi and other key players in, in, in Congress right now. But I think it would be a mistake for the Senate to do a very quick and speedy trial. I think they actually need to do their research, and I think they actually need to conduct this as if it were warranted in the first place. The reason I say that is because the longer that this gets drawn out, the better they will look in front of the American people. The reason why I say that is because there'll be more transparency. There'll be more things that come out. It'll have likely have direct uh, impact on the election. Um, it'll have other political implications for the future. And if you draw this out and you actually give the president and his staff the ability to question whoever they want to question as well and make it a fair trial, then I think you are showing the American people what it is like to be completely transparent. So, and I think, I think whatever, if there's anything that hasn't come out yet, it should um, and, and I, I do like transparency. So I do think if they can, 
They should draw it out and let things play out. Um, don't just don't just go straight into oh let's vote on conviction. Yeah, don't do that. I think that's a mistake. I think this actually is worth having a real trial over, and I think it's worth taking your time. I'm not saying draw it out like let's make it drag on forever and ever. I'm saying let's let's just have an actual trial. Let's get everything out there out in the open. Um, so so don't don't just you know take until November. No 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 don't 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 do that. But I'm saying take the next few months actually have a trial make sure both sides get to ask their questions make sure all the evidence gets out there and make sure everybody truly understands what is really going on here because i think the further that goes on the more it's going to expose the swamp and the more likely it will vindicate um this president uh, because what they're trying to to impeach him on is a sham in the first place so it's it's not it's not worth it. I want to end this note though because uh, on uh, uh, as I'm sure many of you saw earlier um, in the week, Ricky Gervais um, at the Golden Globes just eviscerated the left, um, and then Michelle Williams came up and gave a pro-abortion speech, so so to speak, and just basically said that she wouldn't have been able to have been a successful actress and win awards had she not aborted her baby. Well, I wanted to, and if I can get this queued up in time, I wanted to play a clip of uh, a, a former, uh, what, what is it, um, America's Next Top Model, um, who's having her fifth baby, um, talking about how beautiful it is um, to have children. And I don't think it's going to work before I, I run out here. Um, but uh, I'll tweet that because I think it's, it's, it's a really good story and it's worth talking about. The last thing I actually wanted to do too is I wanted to give you guys an update on Macy Wisner. Uh, you guys heard me talk about this last week on my show, um, talk about the, the Facebook page and the blog, Macy's Man at Heart. Um, she had open heart surgery. It was her third open heart surgery. She's only three years old. Um, I am pleased to announce that that she's doing very, very well. Um, she's had ups and downs, which is to be expected in my mind. I mean, I, th- I think after heart surgery and having such a little body and, and, and um, being a little underdeveloped, I think that is uh, going, going to happen. Uh, I mean, she was not supposed to even be alive even today. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, she was, she should have, like they were saying she should have passed, um, within a week after she was born, but she, she continues to defy all odds. Um, she is awake. She is alert. Uh, she's still having some dietary issues from the sounds of things. Um, and, and having some like potassium issues and stuff like that. But, um, they, they checked her chest tubes and things like that. And, uh, the drainage is looking good they are actually even starting to talk about the prospect of her being able to go home. Um, so she is making really, really good progress. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, this family has needed a miracle and, uh, I'm just, I'm just so happy for them. Uh, lastly, I just want to end with, um, talking about, <clears throat> uh, if I can get it pulled up again, uh, you know what? I think I'm probably just going to 
just gonna end it there. I I I I don't have enough time, and my computer is um, giving me issues at the moment. It was doing just fine and just till just now. So anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you've been listening to the Pounding Show right here on Mojo Five O. You can follow me over on the Twitter at the Pounding Show. Use the hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat. You can also follow me on Facebook, uh, MeWe, and Instagram. Remember, don't get lost. Remember who you are, and no means no. And Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.